Solarian Studios is under fire from both indie and AAA companies, and one of the most bizarre conversations I've seen about an upcoming game. Basically, indies in AAA think the game might be too good, and they're worried people might judge their games because of it. Now, I want to thank Mr. Philgood for bringing this to my attention, as this was not on my radar at all. He talks about it on his channel, so go check it out. Okay, so basically, in a nutshell, there is an independent game dev who threw out a tweet preemptively defending him and others against the success of Baldur's Gate 3 and how it could potentially up the standards for the genre. Similar to every genre-defining game that's ever come out until the next genre-defining game comes out after that. The way games evolve. Now in his original tweet, he says, Like a lot of people, I'm deeply excited about what the lovely folks at Larian accomplished with Baldur's Gate 3, but I want to gently, preemptively push back against players taking that excitement and using it to apply criticism or raise standard to RPGs going forward. He then cites qualifiers on why Larian is an anomaly, one being that they had a long development time since 2017, just two years less than Cyberpunk 2077, which did wonders for CD Projekt Red, the 11 years it took Diablo 3 to be made, which worked great for Blizzard, but long dev times can also hurt your game, look at Duke Nukem Forever, the fantastic game Alan Wake, which didn't do as well as it should have because of its very long development time. He says they have a worth of tech and institutional knowledge to draw from, citing Divinity, Original Sin, and Original Sin 2, similar to Bethesda when they released Skyrim, or CD Projekt Red when they released The Witcher 3, Bungie and Halo 3, Rockstar and Grand Theft Auto 5, all Nintendo brands. Anyone who's made multiple games draws on the knowledge of their past games. And sticking to what you know, genre, or engine is in no way anomalous. He continues with successful early access period lasting three years that provided Larian with community feedback, bug hunting, and cash flow. Yeah, it sounds like a good strategy to me. Welcome to indie development. If you can deliver the product you say you're going to deliver through early access, you'll be rewarded. If you can't, you'll be buried. Then he says huge team of over 400 developers across seven offices, which started with 50. So with the success of this project, Larian has grown and employed more devs. Bravo. And then a popular talking point I keep seeing people bring up, they have the license for one of the largest entertainment IPs, Dungeons and Dragons, which we all know guarantees success. Similar to how well the Golem game did, because they're able to make a game based off of one of the most popular IPs on the planet, this is why everyone has great things to say about this game. And most of the feedback that he's received from the gaming community is about what you'd expect. People want great games, and they want to reward people who make great games. But some really interesting feedback was received from other indie devs and AAA, like from Rebecca Harwick, saying, I hope Baldur's Gate 3 is a generous once-in-a-lifetime RPG. I hope no one expects a 10, 20, 40-person team to make one. Don't worry, Rebecca, they don't. People of indie games, people love small, dedicated teams. And as long as you make something fun, people won't care how small your dev team was. In fact, if it's fun, people will love you even more for it. Gamers can differentiate the difference between a AAA quality game, I know this is an indie game technically, and an independent game. I will play Baldur's Gate 3 and continue to play Celasta. And I think most people who are open to playing indie games will as well. Now some people from Insomniac, Obsidian, and Blizzard chimed in on how they think you should think about a game that's been made well, and how it could set an unfair standard of expectations for their games, in which to any AAA studio worried about Baldur's Gate 3's quality and reception, possibly making them look bad, it's time to give your consumers what they want. We exist in a time where AAA games come out more buggy and unfinished than indie games, and so I have no sympathy for you when to defend yourself from another wake-up call. And so your opinion on how we should receive this game and how that affects the way we see your games is nothing but very transparent on your behalf, unrealistic, and really weaselly. The only anomaly here is that the indie dev Larian Studios has built up a fan base by pumping out high-quality, amazing games that respect their fan base's time, and because they're able to make those games, they get to make this game. And if you're preemptively worried about this game and how it may make you look, maybe it's time to rethink your strategy. Let me know what you think in the comments below when it comes to Larian Studios and this ridiculous topic. I mean, that's kind of the bizarre thing about this Baldur's Gate 3 controversy. Like, yeah, the game looks amazing. The attention to detail is insane. The passion and dedication to creating the best game Larian's ever made is 100% there. But this game is a specific genre, always been niche. And all this controversy is going to bring attention to that, and there will become new fans of it. But that's such a diverse group of devs from indie
indie to AAA are worried about how this game is going to reflect onto their games. Just reminds me of Woody's Nightmare from Toy Story. Oh, I forgot. You're broken. I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> I personally can't think of a better endorsement. Well-known to unknown devs, saying essentially, your game is so good, it's gonna make my game look bad. Please don't make it too good. Anyone who plays this game, please understand that all games can't be this good. Did they do this on purpose? Wow, Boulder's Gate 3 looks really good. Oh, thanks, I made it myself. Yeah, I love what you're doing. Maybe I can help get the word out. Oh, I appreciate that, but it's fine. No, 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 I insist. No, you don't gotta make a scene. Hey, everybody, Larian has less resources than us, and they're doing more with it. And now I'm worried this game might be too good. Maybe they should tone it down a little bit. Don't want to put all of us out of a job. You don't have to do that. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 191 of the Taste Cast, a weekly podcast where we talk about all things gaming. We've got a short and sweet episode for you because we got to get out of here soon. we got a trip coming up. But in this episode, I talk about Remnant 2. I gush about Remnant 2. Stay tuned for that. We talk about... The indie and AAA devs that uh, had a conversation about Baldur's Gate 3. You guys saw it in the intro. We talk about that. We also react to Sandland, 12 minutes of gameplay, and some interviews with the devs, but it's a little difficult to make out everything they're talking about there. Then we, we of course, we react to Armor Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, gameplay preview that just dropped it's uh well stay tuned we'll we talk about in this episode and then we read your guys's comments and reply to them so yeah make sure to like this video if you like what we're doing make sure to subscribe if you're brand new make sure to share this with your friends and uh all that stuff and hopefully enjoy this episode What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 191 of the Taste Cast, a weekly podcast where we talk all things gaming. My name's Seth, and joining me today is Chevy. Chevy's been a little bit since we've done a Taste Cast, but we're making up for it today. But it's going to be, hopefully, I always say this and it never is, hopefully it's going to be a shorter Taste Cast because we're actually going to be flying out here soon in like a like 24 hours or something. And uh, I need uh, as much time as I can to prepare for that trip. But uh, we're here. We're going to discuss uh, a couple things, namely uh, Armored Core. New video came out for that. So, of course, we have to react to that and then talk about the games we've been playing. I'm really excited to talk about one game. But uh, with all that, uh, how you doing? You excited to, uh, to to go on vacation? Uh, yes. <laughs> Same. Uh, Anyone who follows the channel knows that uh, every week we talk about how uh, we're tired, we've been working more lately, uh, going to the gym, all that stuff. It's been a regular thing the last two months, mostly, and uh, definitely starting to, to hit me in the last like two weeks myself. So, Yeah, yeah, that sentiment seems to be uh, kind of across the board at work, too. So Yeah, I can't wait for uh, summer, summer to be over <laughs> work-wise. But uh, no, I, I'm looking forward to going on, on uh, a trip that's been... Uh, a little while, uh, kind of spontaneous, but fortunately worked out. And then uh, barely, yeah. And uh, yeah, soon though we're not going to get a lot of sleep the first day. So no, that's why I want to get this filmed, get edited, get it uploaded, and get as much sleep as I can. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, outside of uh, just being tired and you know whatever normal stuff lately uh i'm excited to get a taste cast out um it's been a little bit it's been like 11 12 days which is crazy but uh you guys understand things are uh 
in my personal life a little in flux, not in a bad way. Just things are kind of shifting right now. So I'm trying to uh, uh, balance balance it. Yeah, and it'll, it'll get back to normal, but it's just been all over the place the last couple of weeks. So uh, kind of an apology, but you guys understand. Uh, but yeah, doing good. Excited to, to have these conversations and uh, very excited to go on vacation because I feel like I really fucking need it. So, uh, yeah. But with that, um, in the intro of this taste cast, you didn't see it because you weren't there. Uh, I played I see it when everyone else does my uh, my TikToks of the Boulder's Gate three situation. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that real fast. And for anybody who didn't watch the intro, basically. Um, an independent dev came out and was essentially telling people to temper their expectations when it comes to other people's games after Baldur's Gate 3 comes out, saying essentially that you can't judge other indie games by the quality of this technically indie game that definitely is AAA quality, which is Baldur's Gate 3, uh, after they made that and kind of went down the reasons why Baldur's Gate 3 is an anomaly, which I, if you watch that video, uh, kind of go through and show how it's really not an anomaly in a lot of ways. Um, AAA devs piggybacked on this guy, uh, going like, oh, the reason we can't put seven years into a game is because we got publishers that want the the games come out a certain time. And in my opinion, I'm like, well, that's a different conversation you're trying to have at that point. Um, I understand you're, I, I sympathize a bit, but we're not, we can't really have the conversation you're trying to have. Cause we need to talk about why the publishers are doing that. Um, and then other people coming out saying like, you know, you can't expect us to make games of this quality. Basically it's, it's really kind of bizarre. Uh, and originally I wasn't even going to talk about it, but somebody on TikTok was like, Hey, what do you think about this? I read what they said about it. I'm like, there's no way that's real. Looked into them like, holy shit. How is this? How is this real? So hopefully you guys watch the intro uh, and hopefully you're informed enough to kind of throw your thoughts out there. You don't have to be super deep about it. Or you can go as deep as you want. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, I would first and foremost say that um, to be defensive before anyone has said anything is or done anything super strange to me. Yeah. Um, if you think that people can't tell the difference between, you know, how do I word this? Uh, well, games in general, right? So, like, you know, when I play smaller, like, indie games that have blown up, like, you know, your Stardew Valleys or your Vampire Survivors and stuff like that. Um, or Minecraft before it was bought by Microsoft. Yeah, I don't look at those games and go... Man, I really wish they had these like crazy uh, graphics that these other games have, like because that's like just not really uh, the point. Versus like I, I play these games, like wow, dude, like one person made this game and put this much content into it uh, and made their own style and all this stuff. Like it, that's that's the stuff at least that I notice, and I'm sure mm-hmm. most gamers do. I, otherwise, those games would not be as huge as they are. They're just simple, fun games. Uh, well, I wouldn't say that they're a little past simple at this point, but yeah. Um, yeah, and then so something like, you know, it's hard to call it indie. I guess indie, double A, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, Larian Studios. Uh, yeah, they're publishing their own game. They took a long time on it. Uh, and they're going to release it and people are going to judge it on it and possibly uh, other games in the genre. Uh, but I'm not going to compare it to like, you know, like a Call of Duty, for example. Like, that's not even the same thing. 
So, well, if anything, I feel like it should be an inspiration similar to CD Projekt Red in terms of being an independent uh, developer at one point and then growing to something crazy. Larian mm -hmm. started with like, I think when they first got together, it was like 50 people, which is quite a bit for an indie dev. But, you know, they went from 50 to 400 in the yeah. time that they're at now. So they're, all that hard work they've been putting into their games has grown into something crazy where they're making AAA quality games and they're not even, they don't even have a publisher over them. Um, yeah. That's something that if you strive for that, not every indie game needs to, like you just brought up examples, a lot of them don't strive for that and they're very successful. I can name off so many successful. Rocket League is an indie game. Um, there, there's so many examples of successful indie games that are not trying to be this AAA quality thing, but it can be done so shows larian and so it's kind of crazy and so like when i hear somebody from the indie side because the the sentiment i got a lot from a lot of people is either everybody's jealous which i kind of don't want to go there but it's weird that we're having this conversation uh but a lot of people are like well people shouldn't judge indie games based off this game but triple a 100 they should i'm like i agree with you on the triple a for sure the indie thing where's that coming from yeah <laughs> what's the metric we're using like where where's the example Right, because there's only the opposite example of of when we're talking about indie games. There's such a huge plethora of indie games out there that people uh, judge based off of the ideas and the gameplay. Um, and your game can look like complete shit, and if it's a cool idea and it's fun to play, people will buy the fuck out of it. And when you talk about small teams, because this guy brought it up, Larry's got a big team. Other people might have small teams. People like your game even more if you're like one dude to three people. Like I played Battle Bit Remastered when I found out that those three people. It's like holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah, right. And that was also like a slap in the face to uh to dice. Most people can recognize accomplishments, right? Like yeah, exactly. Regardless of you know the technical you know aspects of something, um, yeah. And then as far as like talking about triple a right like triple a is judged on a harsher level because those companies have the money and zero excuses to make bad products money experience and resources yeah, and pull um, on any devs they can get yeah and or want <clears throat> most of the time when a bad game comes out from a huge studio um, most people will usually bitch about the publisher a lot of times and not the dev unless the dev yep. has a track record yeah um, i think that's a pretty fair uh perspective for sure like yeah. a lot of people do take it up with ea or activision first how many excuses do people give it in uh bioware and sure. just blame ea sure um you know same with uh <clears throat> cd project red right the devs uh, for the most part, I mean, there were some people, obviously, who were just, like, mad and blaming everybody. But most people were, like... Blaming the higher-ups. The publishers, yep. you know, the people publishing the game within the company were pushing and pushing and Shareholders. Pushing and stuff like that. And, yep. and they're the ones who got the majority of the, the uh, vitriol. So, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I, think, I think being defensive that quickly, you're really kind of not in touch with... Uh, the game community as a whole at that point because like outside of like the people on twitter or x or whatever the fuck it's called now um you know that's a echo chamber half the time you shouldn't listen to half the shit on that website so uh, but most people are understanding of of situations and aren't stupid so like, 
relax a little. Yeah, I have a hard time believing this person is so detached from the gaming community that they actually believe what they're saying. Yeah. So uh, when people try to get down to the nitty gritty of what he said, which I did in that video, <laughs> I went from point to point. But when people were like, well, what he actually meant, I'm like, no, we, we can talk about it all day. I want to know what his intention was, right? Because uh, the most I can give that guy is his takes goofy. That's it. And I could have left it there. But when AAA devs and other indie devs are hopping in and dogpiling on like, we don't want to get judged based off this game. Like there's been other great AAA quality games that have come out in the past that you guys weren't doing this to. What's up with this game that's, I mean, that's getting you all freaked out? And then in such a specific genre too. Yeah. It's This isn't going to hit for everybody. There's so many people who are not going to play this game because of the genre. But then um, it's gonna be too slow for a lot of people. It was ridiculous too, because like one of the things they blamed it on uh, the success of this, as if Larian's not a fucking proven and talented dev. Divinity: Original Sin and Original Sin Two are fantastic, and everyone who plays those games agrees. Um, they set the standard for the genre, and that has earned them something. Um, but people are like blaming it because they on a on that they have the D&D property, and you brought up a great point I used in my video, that that doesn't guarantee success. There's been a plenty of bad D&D games, and then I brought up the Gollum game, because Lord of the Rings is one of the most popular IPs on the fucking planet, and that game could not be saved by its brand at all. Also, no. D&D doesn't have a track record of having good video games. Sure, so. but th there's there's good ones there out there, but ones, yeah, sure. there's, there's bad ones too. And so that doesn't fucking, that's not... Uh, an ace in the hole for fucking uh, Larian. It's ridiculous that that's yeah. even brought up. And then one of the devs from Blizzard had the audacity to say that they're pulling from a deep world full of lore, and that's one of the reasons why the game's gonna do so well. It's like, motherfucker, you work There's for Blizzard. There, yeah. You work for Blizzard, right? I'm not even like a WoW dude. I'm not even like a Warcraft guy, but I will give them one thing. There's some deep-ass lore in that game, and all their games, StarCraft, Diablo, they're all deep lore games, right? Yeah. So it's like... What the hell are you talking about? Why are you t why are you saying that? So, it's uh, it's just been kind of a ridiculous conversation. Um, luckily, it seems like, and I wasn't surprised by this on Twitter. Most people were kind of on the same page as us, going like, "What are you talking about? Like, why are we talking about this? Right? What are you going after them for?" And then uh, my my TikTok. I mean, it's the, the main one got like almost one hundred thirty thousand views and like. 14 or 15,000 likes or whatever. So it's like obvious that talking point is basically what most people are kind of identifying with. There was a couple people who were like trying to, you know, like that's not what they mean. Like, you know, gamers, like so many people have like this anti-gamer point of view, which I get it. There's definitely some shitty ones out there, but, but I hate that. I hate that. Like, instant like well gamers are just pieces of shit and it's like well okay fucking chill That's so like, broad <laughs> yeah it's so stupid so stupid um and you could tell some of these people have that kind of like undertone to their comment of like of like they need to defend the devs because devs are always under attack by by uh gamers and it's like kind of but some a lot of times it's fucking it's there's merit to it i think um, i think when you're in death industry, threats obviously are a whole different thing but yeah I think when you're in an industry that's um, effectively constantly siphoning money out of people's pockets, um, you should be held to a pretty high standard. Well, people really forget for some reason, specifically with video games, what the hell is even happening here. They're asking you for your money in exchange for a product, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's not the, charity. The, yeah, the amount of times that like devs get pissed at people who don't want to buy their game 
or gamers are like, well, why do you have an opinion now? Just buy it and try it out. And it's like, what are you talking? That's an investment. Bro, if, if I made apple pie and you watched me put dirt in that thing when I was cooking it, and then you just told people to you, you, try it. You anyways. don't know unless you try it. Yeah, it's such a stupid argument. No, dude. You, like, I know that dirt doesn't go in food. Yeah. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, if if you look at a game and the trailer makes the game look unappealing to you, and you don't want to pick it up and people are like, well, you should at least try it before you have an opinion. We live in a time where you have so much access to seeing as much of that game as you want that people can people can have an educated uh, point of view on on um, uh, what they're they're spending their hard-earned money on and so it's it's people's people's point of view on on the the, the relationship between um, the dev and the publisher and the consumer is really bizarre to me half the time the way they view that especially when devs get really angry when people don't buy their game because it's like you, well, that's not the that's not the best step. I mean, I can forward. understand like so, you know, from the the perspective of like you know they they put years of their life into this project mm-hmm. and it's obviously not being re- received well and this is their livelihood. I can understand being upset, but to being emotional for sure, yeah. That's but awesome. but yeah, uh, lashing out at people for not liking your product yeah. is not their fault. Like that's you didn't make what the current. Um, you know, environment in in gaming is is asking for or wants. Mm-hmm. So, or even if you release a buggy game, but at that point, like you know, well, and like I don't want to be that talk that dude, point, but, but like if you're like, well, let's go back to the food analogy. If you spend like eight years of your life trying to become like some great chef, but you keep putting out shit food that people don't want to eat, and you get upset about it, that does suck. Hopefully, you can improve, but like nobody owes you anything. Yeah, um, especially when you're asking people for something from them. Right, and you can't exchange something that they want in return. Sure, having um, someone cook for you or make a game for you, like is exactly a, is a service. And so, when these so. indie devs are preemptively looking at a technical, technically indie game, uh, Baldur's Gate Three, and going like, "Well, don't don't judge us differently because nobody's gonna." Well, I don't know where you're getting that from. <laughs> I don't. What's an example of that? Um, when they're preemptively doing them, like, are you? Do you even make like? And I don't make games, but like, do you even make good games? Maybe maybe one of these indie people don't even make that great of games, and they're just pissed off that someone's successful, and so they're preemptively creating a narrative. Like as soon as you start like creating this narrative that's unfounded, I'm like, what's the motive? Well, it's like when everyone uh, was you know excited to be playing Elden Ring and 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 talking it up and stuff, and then people uh, in the industry, and I'm not saying everyone in the industry, that was something some, that was brought up a lot on that TikTok. Yeah, it's a lot of key people you know, some people on Twitter that work in the industry um, instantly started tearing it apart Yeah, because, uh, and it came out, not because, but like it became like to, or it felt very defensive for no reason. Yep. Like let them have a game people like, and instead of, you know, trying to dismiss it, why don't you look at what people are saying and what they're enjoying about it and maybe take some, you know, uh, information from that and, and put it into your own work. So sure. You know, not, for, not one for one, obviously you don't want to be ripping people off, but you know, competition is what creates, um, better products and mm-hmm. being defensive isn't going to help you. So yeah, if you're looking at Baldur's Gate three and you're going like that game's 
gonna do really well because the quality it's like okay well it's time for you what can you take if you're triple a it's time for you to step it up then right if everybody's like stoked about this game but they're not stuck about your game or your your publisher needs to give you more time to make games. yeah then there's a conversation you'd be having internally about that um especially when i look at like you know what dice has done the last two battlefields and then like battle bit got a bunch of praise and i know they heard about that game there's no way they didn't um (laughs) they have to have a conversation at that point because there's no there's no excuse. Three dudes should not be able to outclass them outside of graphics, obviously. Um, True. And so, yeah, when talk when we're talking AAA, this conversation is, is just like it's a wake up call. You you guys are looking at what's happening over and over and over again in the indie scene and the praise they're getting, or games like Elden Ring come out and it just gets praised, and then you're sitting there going like, well, why do they bitch at us? Well, people are being vocal about what they're bitching about, and you're not listening. Yeah. So, and you don't have to, and I'm also, I don't want to get too much on a tangent here, but like, uh, you also don't have to do exactly what people want because I think there is something behind the creative process. And if you have an idea that's worth doing, you should do it or whatever. There's got to be a balance. But when you start expecting copious amounts of money from a bunch of fucking people, you got to start, uh, you got to entice them to do that. Uh, especially when you have an established franchise and it's losing steam uh, at that, that point when you're repeating the process of making this game series over and over again to keep getting that uh, constant cash flow, you got to start uh, working with your consumer on what they want at that point. Um, yeah, and obviously in so some there's cases, a balance like, you know, the dev can't do anything about it, but you know, that's not an excuse to jab at other developers like yeah you know, just it, it comes off keep so your mouth shut and don't don't you know vomit out your thoughts on the internet yeah it it just seems so ridiculous when it comes from the triple a uh, side and then when it comes from from the indie side it's just like so ridiculous that perspective because like i just don't see it and i don't, they're not seeing it either like show me where you're seeing enough of that kind of uh talk and perspective that you should even be bringing this up right even if you knew 20 people who have made that claim of like your game i'll never buy it because larian's better um that's still not enough dropping the bucket (laughs) yeah that's not that's not a market percentage to be worried about right um nobody's gonna play boulders gate 3 and then go you know what risk of rain 3 better be of this quality it better have facial animations uh, amazing graphics a bunch of choice nobody's doing no one's gonna say that they just want Risk of Rain, Risk of Rain three to be more Risk of Rain with more features. I mean, outside of a handful of people who only play like AAA games, yeah. um, most gamers just play video games, man. And people play with like it's it's one of the most honest things out there is gaming. People play what the fuck they want to play. Um, I know people who just play indie games. They don't even have interest in AAA games, right? So like, it's it's. Uh, and then people who only play first-person shooters, and then people who are crazy like me who play everything, or at least try to. Um, they, they, there, there's there's a, a section uh, of gamers for everything out there. As long as you're making games, they want to play, right? You can't just make something and expect people to like it if you don't if you're not bringing anything to it. So, yeah. Anyway, I. Uh, thought it'd be interesting to talk about it because i actually didn't get to talk to anybody about it i just made a video where i talked to myself about it so um mostly just kind of rebutting a lot of things the guy said but um it's it's interesting that the conversation arose that's what i find interesting the rest of it i think is pretty ridiculous um but 
I'll leave it there. You have anything else you want to say on it? Not really. All right, let us know in the comments what do you guys think about this situation. Is there any details you want to bring up? I'm, I'm open-minded to every perspective, of course, so I hope you guys will be as well if you disagree or if you agree. Mostly, all I've heard is like 99% of people uh, agreed with the perspective, but uh, with some having the caveat that indies need to be not judged based off this, and I agree with them but i don't think that's gonna happen so um, yeah i just don't i don't see it i don't see it happening so um yeah let's know everything you think about in the comments below when it comes to larian boulders gate 3 indie development triple a development and the future of gaming moving forward when you got triple or indie games looking triple as fuck all right let's jump into what we've been playing real quick um i'll go first um i've played alan wake more um which we'll be talking about on Plus Club. Real quick, uh, we're going on vacation. We'll be gone for like a week. Um, so we'll be getting back like right at the end of this month. So um, we'll be getting Plus Club and Game of the Month out around the end of the month. If it's a day delayed or something, you understand. Just letting you guys know, though. But uh, our games for Plus Club are Alan Wake, uh, Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, and Endling Extinction is Forever, which I have played all three of those games at this point. So we'll be able to have that conversation. We actually thought about maybe shooting that for this, but I was like, we should do a taste cast. Um, so yeah, played more Alan Wake, of course. I think I'm on chapter four. I'm not that far into it, but I've been playing it. Um, and then uh, played some Call of Duty, Cold War. I have uninstalled it though, because it is uh, 175 gigs on my poor PS5's uh, hard drive. Um, and yeah, I hopped around without giving any details on my opinion on it. Hopped around and played the multiplayer, the campaign, and zombies. So I will be uh, refreshed and ready to talk about that game in full detail. Um, and then uh, played some more Final Fantasy 16. I am so upset that I did not get to play this as much this month as I would like to have because I was hoping to have beaten it by the end of the month so we could do a full review. And I am not close to beating it, but uh, I do have a lot of opinions on the game so far from where I'm at. So it'll be a, at least an interesting conversation uh, when we talk about it on uh, Game of the Month, um, which is your pick for Game of the Month. So that'll be a, a fun conversation. I know you've been playing as well, but I'll let you talk about that. And then the pretty only game I've been playing because um, I got an early access is Remnant 2, the sequel to Remnant from the Ashes. And if you follow this channel, you guys know I'm a big fan of Remnant from the Ashes. In fact, you played it uh, via Plus Club, and then you ended up buying on PC. We beat it together. You ended up liking it as well, too. I mm. think you're planning on picking it up. I bought it before we started filming. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, uh, without gushing too much on this game, because uh, I'm a big fan of the last game, Remnant 2 is... Better than Remnant from the Ashes in every single way possible I've been able to gather so far. I'm about 13, 14 hours into the game, so I'm not that far into it. But um, in those 14 hours, I have done a lot. The game is packed full of content. Um, and it's just been crazy to see a game that had such a identity, but maybe lack of budget or something in the last game really kind of turn into something that I feel like people who maybe missed out on the first game are going to play this and want to go back and play the original. Um, it's it's really that big of a, of a change. They've uh, improved everything from uh, graphics to animations to storytelling to music. 
um, to boss fights, to puzzles and um, uh, secrets to find, uh, to the amount of weapons, mods. They've added uh, classes instead of the three archetypes you picked in the original game that just kind of gave you starting gear, different starting gear, like a sniper rifle for the sniper guy, all that stuff. In this, you actually have um, classes that have their own abilities and perks. Uh, on top of the traits that you had from the original game. So that's really interesting. I've been playing the Gunslinger, which is essentially a medium to close range DPS class. Uh, very cowboy aesthetic. I have a move where I can just, from my hip, shoot a bunch of rounds from my uh, revolver into any enemies in front of me, which is nice as an oh shit button. Um, but uh, you can play, you can do, I think, one and a half classes. I don't remember how it works. Um, Something like that, yeah. I already have my second class uh, picked, uh, which is the, I think it's called the Hunter, which is the long-range DPS class, because even though I kill things pretty good up close, um, I'll shoot things from a distance. I'm like, oh, that's why they made the class uh, its own thing, because the further away, the less damage you do to things. So I was like, I would really like to kill that guy from really far away. Um, I think the first game had the two, actually, the distance damage drop. Might have, yeah, but this definitely has it, and so I was like, it, it gives it gives the hunter a purpose, which I think is cool. But I want to do the DPS everywhere. So, um, but yeah, for anybody interested, there's like a hunter who's like a sniper, long range DPS character, uh, gunslinger, which is close range. Then you have um, uh, challenger, who's a tank type character, who I'd really like to make a melee a melee build for. I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, I forgot the name of it, but there there's a medic, somebody who heals, which is pretty neat and then there's somebody who runs around with a dog which is pretty cool and then um spoiler ish there's secret classes in the game you unlock so and i don't know much about those so um pretty excited about that same because i don't have i don't have any of them but uh when i was looking up something i was like okay what what do these classes do it listed like three or four other classes i'm like oh when i just like left i'm like i don't want to see those so uh yeah the game the game's got a lot of stuff going on um, yeah, so let's see, what do I want to talk about? I really, <laughs> I've been playing early access and the game literally as we're filming just came out. So I don't want to like talk about stuff really, because a lot of you might be playing it for the first time right now. And so I don't, the game has so many cool little things to it that I, I don't want to spoil the experience. But, um, one thing I really love about the original game that this game just carries right over is the shooting is so satisfying and tight but it feels better in this game um in the first game it also happened but in this game you really notice that even when you shoot an enemy they get staggered from the round you see the impact to it and i find myself sometimes shooting a dude who's getting close to me and then as another dude's approaching i'll hit him real quick to stagger him and i'll go back to shooting the other dude just to like kind of like keep them at bay Mm. and uh it's it's kind of when you're just in the moment shooting and like rolling around and for people who don't know, the game is uh, inspired by dark souls for sure, but it's a very competent third person shooter, but there's like a challenge element to it. um, Where like when you're fighting bosses, they're supposed to be like, you know, there's supposed to be mechanics supposed to be challenging, but even enemies, um, you know, might, might get you. You're on a cliffside, you're rolling around, you might fall off. It has a similar vibe. Um, And so, you know, sometimes when you're getting, attacked by a lot of enemies at once and this game has upped that ante 100 percent. not only are the enemies uh more plentiful when they attack you at once and they will all hit you whenever there is no like take turn situation here um their animations are so much better and varied and uh they're so much more aggressive 
it's also worth mentioning i'm playing this on veteran because i thought that was normal difficulty because there's there's one i forgot what's called uh it's story mode or something like that i thought and then there's veteran which i was like oh this is like for people who play third person shooters then there's a harder mode and then there's an unlockable harder mode uh, than that and i was like i'll play the middle one because that must be default but then i found out found out later that people were like yeah you shouldn't start on veteran it's uh more difficult than uh, the original game was but uh, i've been enjoying it i'm enjoying the uh the challenge to it um a lot of classic weapons and mods come back uh to this one from the last game which is really cool to see because i kind of feel like i never left i'm playing this game and there's so much new stuff that's so so dope i love it but there's all this like familiarity from the last game too that just like really kind of carries over. Like there's uh, an ability in the last game where you just like imbue your gun with fire rounds, whatever gun you're using. I have it on my uh, SMG. It's the same SMG from the last game. Um, I won't talk about where you get it or anything like that. But um, I was like happy to see that gun and that mod because I was like, I, I used this in the last game. Mm. I'll use that. But it's not even like, you know, they just kind of threw over stuff that was already in the last game. There's all sorts of new shit too. All sorts of new mods. Um, I forgot what they're called, but uh, you have these cores that are essentially the way you uh, heal, uh, similar to an Estus flask in like Dark Souls. Um, and you can up those charges as you play further and further. I'm still using three right now. I could have upgraded it a while back and I didn't because um, I spent it on something else, which I think is kind of cool. You have options like that. But in this game, um, you get to equip stat modifiers onto your cores you have three uh slots and so you get things that increase your range damage fire rate uh how much damage you take all sorts of stuff so you can start kind of like building your character a little bit which last game kind of didn't have in that that sense but also something's really interesting is you can get new cores that do different things so not just the heal but things that do other stuff so kind of path of exile like yeah so they're really getting it's funny because in the last game you just found trait points and as you did certain things you'd unlock new traits that could get leveled up to level 10 and i loved that system because it if i always feel like a surprise when you unlocked a new trait because you're like whoa shit i must have killed enough things or i went to a place i haven't been to before or a story thing happened that unlocked this trait so it was like this sense of uh discovery this game still has that, but then also met with the class system and the gear. Um, it just takes a system that I already really loved and adds more depth to it, which I did not expect them to do. Um, so that's really cool. Also, in case you don't know, like weapons in the game um, can be uh, modified uh, with, like I said, the the fire imbuing thing. But they also have, I forgot what it's called, they have another slot where you can put things on. Um, to modify it even further now, which is kind of crazy. So for instance, my SMG has the fire rounds that I can just put fire damage into people. But then on my other modifier slot, I have something that I think every, like, uh, I have a 10% chance to get ammo back, right? So I'm just trying to increase the amount of rounds I can throw into somebody when I light my bullets on fire. Um, so you get a lot of mix and match to the way you're building your stuff out, which is just awesome. Um, then has a similar system, uh, has the same system to the last game where you get resources. That's how you upgrade your stuff, like your armor, uh, which you have multiple armor sets that all have different properties that make you look different. Um, and then you upgrade your guns to make them more powerful, 
craft new guns. There's a gun vendor right at the beginning of the game where he just has a shitload of guns you can buy, but you need the money to buy them. Um, there's just so much stuff to this game. It's it's like I, I I was hoping for a sequel to that game when I originally played it. I was like, dude, this game's like really fucking cool. It's kind of like a sleeper game. Like no one's talking about it, but it's really cool. But it's definitely an indie game. And I was hoping for a sequel to it. I would took something very similar to the original game, just more content. Because the one thing that game lacked was like length. It wasn't that long of a game. Um, and for anybody who's like, oh, should I go back and play the first game? Yes, I think you should. Um, but luckily, the game's not super long, so you're not going to be stuck. Really you're not going to be stuck playing that game for very long before you play Remnant Two. Um, and Remnant Two does seem like it's a bigger game already. Um, there's a lot of, lot of exploration going on. Um, but I wasn't expecting expecting them to really up the ante this much. Like uh, this feels like a proper sequel in like every way, and I'm just having a fucking blast with it. Um, if there's one. Uh, one reason I don't want to go on vacation right now, and I do want to go on vacation, it's because I want to play Remnant 2 still. So, but uh, I'll be fine. Um, because the game is just awesome, and it's so annoying in the best way possible that I haven't been able to play Final Fantasy 16 as much as I'd like, and I want to beat that game, and I will for sure. But now I'm playing Remnant 2, and I'm uh, fucking loving it. And then on the 25th of August, Armored Core 6 comes out. Uh, Starfield's gonna come out like and Baldur's Gate. We're fucking in it. Like it's whew, too many, too many like big, big games, games yeah. that I want to play. Um, and I'm, I'm now starting to see. We should have a conversation on maybe the next Taste Cast. Maybe uh, we're a little past midway on the year, but talk about where we're out in terms of like best games of the year so far. Before we do our game of the year discussion at the end of the year, but uh. Cause it's, it's starting to get tough already. Cause like also uh, for me personally, Alan Wake 2 comes out this fucking year, which is playing Alan Wake and we'll talk about it on plus club, but like playing Alan Wake uh, again, I'm just keep thinking of like, holy shit, this is getting a sequel. That's crazy. Um, and then, uh, Oh God, stalker two, dude, stalker two's coming out this year. Like, and there's other games, there's other shit coming out this year. I can't even think of. So it's, it's, uh, I think crazier that I th- was it last year that God of War came out or the year before? I don't know. I don't I'm remember. Pretty sure it was last year. I think it was last year. Yeah, because it was Horizon that got snubbed, God of War, and that was the other big game. I can't remember, but uh, oh, Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was huge because there's like these like th- these like titans that came out among all, all the other games. But like this year, it's like a bunch of big games coming out like to the point where you can't focus on two one against one and a lot of people would probably talk about zelda this year i it's not really on my radar yeah, but same. but i you know respect and appreciate it but not the biggest zelda guy but uh everybody's saying it's like game of the year best game they've ever played it's you know i'm hearing that a lot um so it's just a crazy year and uh yeah don't don't sleep on remnant too it's it's really good. It's definitely already probably one of the best games I've played this year. So that's cool to say. That's what I've been playing. Okay. Just gushing about Remnant 2. Uh, let's see. I played... I can't remember the name of the Fox game. Uh, Endling. Extinction is forever. Played that. Can't talk about it. You walk left and right. Uh, you definitely do. Sometimes you transition from one path to another. 
Uh, I played Alan Wake. Uh, I don't know how to describe how far I made it, but um, I have a pretty good idea already uh, how I feel about the game. And then... Man, I'm drawing a blank. Call of Duty? Call of Duty. I played Call of Duty. Um, I'm I'm going to just be honest with you. I'm not going to play the multiplayer. So, um, And I will make sure to bring that up when I talk about my opinion of the game. But I played the campaign. That's what I sat down and did. I had a weird experience with the campaign I told you about already. But uh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Why not? We do. Um, and I played that for longer than I expected because uh, I stupidly <laughs> went to... Uh, say go to last checkpoint and i said restart mission instead and i had to redo a whole last chapter so mm. <laughs> i was a little frustrated with that i missed a shot and i was like ah, i can make that shot and i was just gonna redo the checkpoint to do the shot and yeah anyways uh played that can't talk about those uh and then uh i have mostly been playing final fantasy 16 which obviously i can't talk about either because we have to do a show on that as well but just to give some perspective of where I'm at, the PS5 says I'm 55% through the campaign. Uh, and I am... You know how many hours you have in the game? No. Hmm. Uh, and it would be disingenuous anyways, because there's been plenty of times where I've just left it on. And I went and did something real quick. So, um, Without spoiling any story notes, because you know, obviously for you, but for you all as well, um, I am chasing injured prey and going towards a geode i'm gonna keep it there yeah that, so, is, that means nothing to me so um so if you've gotten that far you know what i'm talking about but if not it doesn't spoil much uh if anything yeah i'm at the second icon part of the game so mm. not that far but um, i've I have played four, it so for what it's worth so, yeah. um, I can't say anything. Never mind. Yeah, but been playing that. Um, I wanted to also beat it. Uh, it has been difficult. We're in the busy season. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I suppose I could bring up. I tried a couple of mobile games that also have PC versions. It's the only reason I even tried them. Uh, one's called. Uh, oh no, Sh- Shadow. Uh, I'll have it here in just a second. Shadowverse, the card game, plays a lot like Magic the Gathering and kind of, I guess, Hearthstone. Um, I don't know. I was kind of in the mood for a card game, seeing which ones were available. Uh, that one came up a lot, so I tried it. It's all right. Um, I can't play it all the time. I, I don't really like play card games that much, but sometimes I'm in the mood. Did and you play Inscription? I did not. Mm. Um, but that's not like a traditional card game right that's like a campaign based game or whatever it's a hybrid of both yeah yeah there's definitely an overall narrative that carries forward but it does have kind of a open system to it being just like a card game gotcha yeah this has like you know you could buy like series of decks and oh yeah it's it's literally like playing magic but online so gotcha um there's online tournaments and stuff like that too so um, and then the other one I uh, tried because it just came out. It's called Snowbreak. It is a third-person shooter. Um, I just unlocked the co-op mode in that, so I played with some randos. Uh, and by played with one of them, AFK'd while me and the other guy went through the mission. But uh, 
It was pretty fun. Dude, uh, AFK was in the back of his mom's van, and they drove through a tunnel. Well, whatever. He got free rewards for it, so. Nice. Um, and there's no way to report them, so not that the devs going to see this, but let people kick AFKs or report them, please. Okay, before you say if the if the devs going to see this or not, uh, one of the comments we'll be reading is from a dev. So Sure, but and just because it has oddly happened a couple times now. Yeah, it's weird. Um, it's not common. So, And especially, like, I doubt some Asian dev is going to pay attention to what some English speaker has to say. So, Fun um, <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, but overall, I think the game is, is pretty fun. Uh, I The story isn't really doing much for me, so I've gotten to the point now where I'm kind of skipping it, which kind of sucks. But uh, the gameplay loop is, is pretty all right. I don't know if it's, like, going to be a long-term game for me. But if you're looking for a mobile game to play that also plays on PC and stuff and is a third-person shooter that has a cooperative mode, uh, if you're far enough into it, give it a shot. So. And that's pretty much it. That's what I've been playing. I, uh, I wish I had more to report, but I played a bunch of stuff that were obligations, so I couldn't. I can't talk about them. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I uh, it, It's weird i'm back down to playing basically outside of the ob- obligatory games uh just one game because i think last east castle was talking about like all these horror games i was playing so mm. it's kind of nice to narrow down to one game again because that's always a little more um fun but well, unless to- i'm just trying to sample things which i like to do also, but- i need to find a little pocket of time because a patch came out for final fantasy 14 and i haven't not had an opportunity to do it so which is annoying <laughs> have to wait a week all right, anything else? No. All right, well, let us know in the comments what games have you guys been playing? What games do you think we should be playing? Are you playing Remnant 2? Are you playing Final Fantasy 16 still? No spoilers, please. Um, are you playing these mobile games? Are you... Uh, yeah, what are you playing? What would you recommend us playing? What are you looking forward to playing in the future? I would go into what I'm looking forward to, but kind of already talked about games coming up, so... Uh, take that as uh, games I'm anticipating. Uh, let me know everything you think about in the comments below when it comes to what you've been playing. All right, so uh, let's jump into videos already. Okay. Um, we have a video of uh, Sandland, which is ah. the new Akira Toriyama uh, third-person action game. Uh, I think San Diego Comic-Con is going on or was going on three days ago at least. Um, and there they... Uh, let people play the game. So this oh, is um, an interview, developer interview via IGN. Uh, they talk a bit about the details of the game. I didn't really hear much about it. I want to skim it through it to check the you know video to make sure it was good. But there's also a 12-minute just pure gameplay video. I thought about putting it on here, but uh, if you guys want to see a reaction to that, we could always do that separately. But um, but yeah, this game was kind of a surprise for both of us, I, if I could talk for both of us, um, when we first saw it because... Kira Toriyama's art style has made its way into a lot of things. Um, that's putting it lightly. Um, and doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to be great. Uh, and then sometimes it is great, like, you know, um, Dragon Quest. Um, but uh, to see a third-person action game coming out with his art style that's of its own kind of original property uh, was kind of crazy. And uh, I remember when we first saw it, I thought it actually looked kind of like a neat game, too. So uh, this is uh, a game I'm... Uh, pretty curious about and I'm excited to hear some details on it because uh, I was more so sold just based off of what I saw visually I don't know anything about it so yeah I mean I like you said uh, it was kind of surprising 
I remember watching the the video and at first kind of, you know, ready to brush it off. And then as it kind of went on, I remember thinking, I was like, oh, this kind of looks fun, actually. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm curious for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's watch this and hear what they got to say about Sandland. Three, two, one, go. play some of the game and it looks phenomenal I, I have to ask you uh, what's your experience been like working on this game how's it been so you know this is the creator uh, this is created by Akira Toriyama who is known for Dragon Ball so like that we really love this um, uh, IP the manga so we really I'm um, happy to be bring it into the game so like the, this is very good experience from uh, for him as well to like that create into um, like that to through the development the game's a lot cleaner looking than i would expect a game like this to look i mean i kind of said the same thing about the last dragon quest the manga Mm -hmm. isn't that long so i'm kind of curious uh how expansive is this game like i'm assuming it will cover the manga but will it you know kind of like expand upon the the sandland lore so you know like this is your short manga um uh, one volume manga but we really like the co- cover like the sandland manga contents and also like we have this is game so we have like that very original like experience which cannot be really like the experience through manga but we can experience through, through the game so like that we have add some kind of elements um, like that to expand sound world sound sound world view uh, mm. as a game in the game side Mm. So it's a one-shot manga, yeah. Uh, but they they've added content to expand upon it. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned that you know you you expand on various different elements. I'm I wonder if it's going to tell the whole other, story. What elements from Toriyama's other I works? I so, uh, one shot be, see, over. Uh, yeah. Influenced in this game, like will we see anything from some of his other work? So, like, the we really learn a lot from Toriyama Sensei's, like, the other work, especially for Dragon Ball. Like, the we really, like, the learn a lot from the Dragon Ball. So, and, like, the, and also not only Dragon Ball, but, like, Toriyama Sensei has your unique taste uh, style. So, we really, uh, like, the, like, discuss with the open team and, like, the we really, um, like, the, uh, bring up, like, the all elements from the Toriyama Sensei or us lot and also for the kind of, like, the unique like the comedy style and to the game uh, to bring into the online. She speaks a little fast, it's hard to follow. Yeah. I was able to do some moves that were very reminiscent of Dragon Ball, so I'm, I'm already excited. Now, uh, I, I mentioned this uh, before we started recording. Uh, like, the game looks very well polished. It looks amazing. I'm, I'm already in love with it. Uh, but we, we saw the trailer not too long ago, so I'm kind of curious how long has this game been in development? So, like, the, we cannot tell, like, the exact t- time, uh, how long we take for the, this development, but we, we really discuss, and also we really focus on, on like, the creating to the game development, so, like, the, it's really long time, and also we really, like, the discuss, and, like, the we really focus on each element in the Sunland, so, like, the, I think, like, the this has been, like, the, um, like, um, like coming up in the game development, so uh, in the demo, so you you find like that this is your polish. So yeah, we have a very long time to development for now. I'm having a hard time following. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Well, 
They said they spent question, time to polish it, but they won't basically talk about yeah, how long. I heard that part. So, like, the, first of all, we would like to make the audience the Avastelnan itself. And also, like, the not only character action, we have, like, many vehicles in the game. So, like, the, they can enjoy vehicle action. So, we're excited to see, like, the many people like the builds of Avastelnan and also vehicle actions for this game. I honestly can't wait for us to all experience this game. Thank you all so much for your time. You. Yeah. So there you have it, a little bit more about the upcoming Bandai Namco video game, Sandland, based on Akira Toriyama's iconic manga, starring this guy, Beelzebub. You know, if y'all want to check him out, well, keep it locked right here. We got plenty more coverage right here at San Diego Comic-Con 2023. High five. Uh, no, the video's over, dude. That's Nothing, fine. really. Not yeah. even going to blink. He's trying to be funny. Sure. Um, all right, that was short and sweet, but we got some info out of that. What do we think? Um, I don't know how much info I would I would say uh, I got from that, but I, I am I'm glad that um, at the very least, like you know, when the they were done talking, even the uh, the dev was like smiling pretty big, so like you could tell he's like pretty excited about it. Um, yeah. What I what I've taken for, at least from the the little bit of footage we saw kind of mixed with with what I caught with what she's saying, um, you know, uh, they really want to focus on uh, multiple gameplay types, which is pretty cool, uh, multiple vehicles and whatnot. It's still kind of hard to to take away too much because they didn't show a lot, and they definitely didn't talk about like what's in the game more so that it was, you know, who was behind it, where it came from. And that uh, they spent some time on making it. Like that's pretty much what I got from it. So, um, yeah, yeah. I actually was surprised with that being four and a half minutes, and how little we got out of that. I mean, we did see some gameplay, but um, maybe we should watch this <laughs> instead. I'll just uh, let this play, but um. But yeah, this is the gameplay. This is the demo that they played. But uh, yeah, it sounds like they're they're excited about the game. It's cool to hear that's from a manga that's uh, done, wrapped, which I kind of like. They can explore that story in a game. Um, the only reason I asked if they're gonna do it in one game is, well, they want to make multiple games or not. Um, Might be a little risky. Yeah. Well, if the game does well, though, I'm sure they'd want to make another. Um, but yeah, the game looks much better than I expect, especially from a anime Bandai Namco game. They come in varied uh, qualities. Um, also, I think the variety of gameplay that we've seen so far is interesting. It's not just you're running around hitting things. You're also doing a lot of driving. This is a crazy scene that reminds me of like Crash Bandicoot. Um, and then drive around in that adorable tank. Uh, I think looks uh, really cool. And having no, I don't know anything about the manga at all. It's uh, I heard it. it's all like brand new to me. So it's 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 interesting because you have the familiarity of the art style, but the world is you know alien. Yeah. For anybody listening, they're uh, driving in a uh, vehicle towards the screen, similar to Crash Bandicoot back in the day, and there's a giant sandworm chasing after them and they have a certain amount of distance they have to cover before this segment is over so yeah which is in the top left of the screen but there's not a whole lot of like challenges in front of them 
Like, it's not a whole of things are dodging or anything. They're just kind of driving and trying not to get hit. Damn, music's fucking intense. Very curious to explore the story because I wonder why there's just two old dudes hanging out with this little devil dude. Why did an old dude hang out with two kids in Dragon Ball? It's a weird question. Music is pretty loud compared to the talking. Yeah. That was pretty loud when they were driving too, but at least it was a scene where it was like, you know, supposed to be high stress. Right, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> ほうほうはなさそうだな。じゃ、その街に行ってみるか。あの岩の <laughs> <laughs> Mm, yeah. Oh, you can do damage to the vehicle, okay. <laughs> Take a third of his health. That seems fine. Yeah. It's a lot more uh, fluid than I was expecting. Be pissed if I was hanging on the desert and that little dude with the cape just came and kicked my ass. That tank is so ridiculous. Okay. I love it. <laughs> it's so Akira Toriyama. Imagine using a whole tank shell to take out of one animal. Damn, what are you driving into that for? I did not care. How about fucking damage drop off? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty far away. He's the Alpha Raptor. I was gonna say, is he gonna like try to fight him, or is he just gonna sit there and strafe? There it is. Okay. Damn, I love that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Got hit in the tank roll backwards. Mm. 
Yeah, I love that the tank, like, rocks around stuff when it gets hit. I mean, the thing's basically shaped like a ball anyways. Yeah, it just adds character to it. Get the big guy behind you to stop taking the little guy that's not even almost part dead. of it. Yeah. Kill it. It's right there. What are you doing? Ass hell. Oh my god. Yes. Oh my fucking god. A little hard to watch. They just ditched the car like it didn't matter. Yeah, apparently it didn't. My only worry about this game, and I don't want to be that dude, but deserts don't do it for me. Oh yeah, definitely. But like, the visual style does. Like all the characters are vibrant and interesting. Even the tank, so... It kind of distracts me from you're just driving through... Dirt? Yeah, desert, yeah. <laughs> Which... Yeah, it's called Sandland, so I assume there's plenty of sand, but, yeah. you know, I don't care if it's this or any other property. Typically, deserts are just not that interesting to me as a, as a environment. Environment, yeah, thank you. deserts or ocean that much. Yeah. Skip for a little bit. Wait, are they like bugs at the back? I don't know. I hate their shape. They have a little pooch on their butt. I think it's why they die with their butts in there too. I would say, whoever's playing this, please don't get stuck in a hole because you're never going to get out. What? Yo. What? Yo. What? Yo. Alright, you made it, dude. Congratulations. Brought those guys up there with Man, you? Pre they're pretty spry getting up that rock face. Especially that little gnome fucker. Like, the whole fucking devil kid thing makes sense, but... Who's talking? Yeah, I was wondering the same. Yeah, it's not lip synced very well. Or at all. Yeah. I mean, his mouth opened for a second, but it really wasn't synced anything. Literally a tutorial about evasion and just fucking tank five hits there. He didn't read it. <laughs> I 
That's a weak ass dodge. Or roll. Bye. See you in hell. Alright, we saw some more there. Um, overall for me, um, the game looks pretty cool. Um, nothing I'm like super hyped on, but it definitely has its own original flair yeah. as a third-person action game to make you want to keep my eyes on it, especially as an anime game, because anime games are pretty hit or miss, in my opinion. Um, and this being uh, a property I know nothing about kind of makes it a little more interesting for me as well, because um, you know a lot of anime games are just like, you know, you take the characters, you put them in a scenario that allows for gameplay, and that's about it. But this seems to be at least trying to tell some kind of story. Hopefully it is the story of the manga uh, that'd be, you know, interesting enough to, um, you know, maybe get people to get into the manga who haven't read it. Um, the gameplay looks decent. It doesn't look amazing, but it doesn't look bad either. It actually looks better than I thought it was going to be. And, uh, yeah, I'm curious more so about systems, leveling possibly, gears or anything going on other than just running around, driving, beating people up. Um, but all that's, uh, uh, good enough looking. I do really like the little details uh, that make it feel kind of cartoony, though, like the tank uh, rolling backwards. That mm-hmm. was very unexpected. I haven't seen that in any game ever, so um, I uh, really did like that. And even when it got hit, it was like rocking back and forth and kind of just added an element of, uh, of uh, fun to uh, and character to even the tank. Um, so uh, that was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, seems pretty varied and seems like a, a game that... Um, I'll definitely keep my eye on, but uh, you know, is it is it one of the big hype games of 2023? If it's coming out this year, I don't know. Uh, looks pretty far along. Um, probably not, but um, definitely a game I would play. I, I definitely would check it out. Yeah, I mean it. <clears throat> it looks fine. Um, yeah, I'm not necessarily excited for it, but I am curious. Uh, I would. I'm mostly kind of curious about the same things you are like you know, game content wise, you know, we saw a little bit there, but, um, you know, is it just primarily a story game? Is there things to acquire, uh, or, or not, you know, how long is the game going to be? What, you know, what's the price point going to be when it comes out? You know, there's a lot of factors, um, that I kind of need to know before I like just decide to buy it, but it could just be one of those things I just kind of keep my eye on. And, and if reviews come out and they're, you know, fine. I, I might just wait for it to get a little cheaper before I pick it up, but um, we'll see. I like it, I didn't really get enough here as like a sales, yeah. Um, you know, pitch basically, but uh, I did at least get a little idea of how it plays. So. I went into this being interested and in watching all this. I'm still just interested. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't push me further along. So, um, but yeah, looks yeah. uh best thing I can say is it looks better than I expect from a game like this. So and I'll definitely keep an eye on it, but yeah, I didn't see any of the, the big selling points like you were kind of saying, yeah. Uh, to really push me forward to going like, Oh shit. Yeah. I'm definitely going to play that. So for sure. But looks cool. Uh, anything else? Nope. Let's know in the comments, what you guys think of Sandland 12 minutes of gameplay. Well, we watched some of that and then, uh, the information that we got that eh, was kind of there. Um, have you read the manga? If you have, is it uh, a good 
story? Is it something you're looking forward to in terms of uh, a game bringing that to life? And then in terms of the game itself, uh, what do you think of the gameplay? Is this something that looks like it'd be interesting for you? Kind of open world running around this zone, possibly it's a zone or open world, I don't know. Um, similar. Uh, what do you think about the tank? What do you think about the combat? What do you think about the characters? And is this a game that you could see yourself playing? Let us know everything you're th thinking about in the comments below when it comes to Sandland. All right, next and last video we are watching is the recently released Armored Core uh, 6 Fires of Rubicon gameplay preview. This is a 13-minute video in which... Uh, I've barely seen any of it. Any of it. Uh, kind of skimmed through it earlier, but uh, it seems like they explain certain things about the game while showing gameplay that we have not seen yet. There are also, I, I assume, some kind of embargo has been lifted because a bunch of people who got to play this have made videos on it, uh, including that dude we watched um, last time who had that video kind of breaking down what he had saw uh, or seen and then try to recreate it. He made, I think, like a 43-minute video on uh, playing it. Dude who went the extra mile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and so I'm sure he has packed that full of uh, of details, and uh, maybe we can make a separate video just watching his video alone because I didn't want to throw a 43-minute video in the mix. That's quite a sit. But this is the official Bandai Namco video um, that we're going to watch. So uh, Armored Core 6 is a game I'm waiting for uh, for years uh, when announced, got announced, I, I have been ecstatic ever since its announcement. This is one of my most hyped games of uh, 2023. And, uh, you know, when I think of From Software, uh, one of the first things that comes to my mind growing up with PlayStation is Armored Core. I, I'm a huge fan of Armored Core. I can't wait to play this. Um, I'm already sold, been sold. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they have to show us here. Um, I'll take more details for sure, but I'm going to buy this no matter what. So, um, yeah, excited to see what they have to show us. Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> I don't really need to be sold on the game. This is more so just going to be eye candy at this point. So. Yeah, all right, well, let's just jump into it then. This is Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon gameplay preview via Bandai Namco in 3, 2, 1, go. I still am like blown away this game exists. I covered the leak like a long time Hello, ago too. Like, and thanks for checking out the video. So it doesn't feel real. We'll introduce our new mech action game, Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. We hope it gives you an idea of this title's mood and gameplay. In the future, we're into the curious just because they've been making soul style games for so long. Our story begins uh, in a distant star system. Making a different type of game after all this time. Our protagonist, an independent mercenary, is smuggled into Rubicon in search of a mysterious new substance known as Coral. Your position is grid 135. Off target, but within permissible range. There's a catapult ahead. Use it to close the gap. Huge multi-layered stages will let players make the most of their AC's exceptional movement and attack capabilities. I said before, I'll say it again. These are the best environments Armored Core has had, and that's not just because it's better graphics, but like the design is so much better. Yeah. I'm so used to like just hallways and big square rooms past uh, armored cores and the details just so much better here. Time to fly, 621. 
Plus Armor Core has the coolest, coolest looking fucking mechs. That is crazy scenery. Mm -hmm. So was Elden Ring, though. Yeah, true. Overwhelm enemies with up to four weapons simultaneously, equipped to each arm and shoulder. I fucking love the movement. Dude, that guy also, his drawings were pretty good. Huh? The dude who, like, drew the oh, title yeah. because they were not showing. Yeah. They were pretty good. Follow the markers. Assault boost is one of the core abilities at your disposal, used for both traversal and combat. It's so, like, open. You can approach from different directions. It's awesome. Yeah, coming soon. The sword slashes look so fucking good. Yeah. Take full advantage of your AC's mobility to freely navigate the environment. Use boost to take the fight to the air, extending combat dimensions beyond the 2D plane. It's so smooth. Yeah, this is like smooth as it's ever been. I'm also just kind of like watching the body every time like it changes directions mm -hmm. and stuff. Like... Yeah, there's like great animations, but it's also still stiff in a lot of ways. It seems mechanical. It, yeah. It's a really good mix. Use vertical catapults to gain even more altitude and launch into the action from above. I'm so glad to see From Software doing something different than what they've been doing for so long. <laughs> I thought big ass helicopter. Fucking huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Against tougher enemies, deal impact damage to their attitude control system to temporarily put them out of action. This is called stagger. Any attack received in this state is considered a direct hit, dealing heavy damage. Like you should stagger it. Japanese action games, huh? Oh, we didn't get to see this at all, huh? I, a little bit. I saw it somewhere, yeah. But not in great detail. Assembly lets you exchange various parts of your AC at will, including weapons, frame parts such as the head and core, and internal parts for power management. I can't wait. That's not build mechs. Assembling <laughs> an AC to fit your own playstyle and strategy is crucial to success. Oh, yeah. That's so nostalgic. What the hell? Yeah. Got a job for you, 621. 
Torpedo down, down the shaft, is that what I'm hearing? Hopefully. These should be your first targets. It's weird to hear people talking so much in a from software game and not just saying like some cryptic shit to you. <laughs> like this guy's like telling you full on shit you just understand. Time for a little self-promotion, 621. Smash the Strider and Archibus HQ will be sure to remember your name. Main system, activating combat mode. Mission. First, get through all that dust and make contact with the Strider. Here, we're up against an enormous weapon that eclipses our AC in size. Yeah, I love that. Me so much of uh, Armor Core 4. Thanks, fucking huge. Oh my god, they can just attack parts of it. That's uh, quite the endeavor. Yeah. Oh, I love it. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. This, that's some crazy scale. Yeah. It's insane looking. Alright, now we've got a foothold to get on the deck. Grab on and get to work on the subgenerators. What the hell? I get the initial. Yeah, I don't want to see everything. Allies. How about some co-op? Some missions will see you partnered up with ally ACs. I'm like so happy with, with everything, but like the movement. Like the flow of combat and getting around looks so fucking good. Yeah, you can really just kind of move all over the place. Yeah. Like you said, it's kind of. Uh, especially for me, because I haven't played one since like Armor 3. Mm. Uh, all the combat is in really tight corridors. Yeah. You could do like the versus arena mode and you'd be in a big open room, but. Yeah, a lot of times it's like going down hallways and <laughs> yeah. stuff. 
dude, I think that's a kick. A cannon on the left shoulder. Your mission objectives will range from there's a warning system that you can shot in so many different directions. The annihilation yeah. of enemy forces. Uh, it's just that dance in the sky. Don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. <laughs> Attacking a watch point. You're incorrigible, Handler Walter. How many of your dogs must I kill before you learn? From software, which is different style. Yeah. Often be pitted against rival AC pilots in bitter duels. Sounds like someone was listening to uh, some Trent Reznor. Get wrecked. for watching yeah no problem that concludes our introduction to armored core 6 fires of rubicon i want to see what bigger mechs we appreciate are like support, in these scenarios and look forward to seeing you at launch yeah whoever they picked to do the voice for that uh he's got a good voice for that yeah he's great very uh in theme yeah i can't wait to play this Yeah, it's every, everything's fucking great. Like, so excited. I so so badly want them to announce that it'll have some kind of co-op. That's fine. Maybe a DLC later. Yeah, to see these like ally NPCs, I'm like that could be a person. Who? Yeah, I uh, I if the whole soundtrack sounds like that, I'll be buying that. Yeah, it's fucking great. Um, yeah, what we think? It was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, 
I, I don't know. I'm kind of blown away, to be honest. It uh, it looks like Armored Core, except for it's like super gorgeous compared to like you know what I'm used to at this point with the series. I also it's kind of interesting to, uh, thinking back as well because like when Armored Core four and five was coming out, one of the big things they were kind of like showing off, especially with like the Xbox, was like that console had like a, a like a lighting engine that wasn't being used on the PlayStation. And so like the lighting effects were like, and four, yeah. Yeah. were like nutty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like a little too much, I think versus like this, it, everything's a little more muted except for like the sword, obviously like, you know, has a real bright effect, but it's also not like, like you know, lens flaring the hell out of the screen either. So I actually prefer on 360 because the bloom lighting, uh, made all the lights look, uh, more illuminated. We're on a uh, PS3. They looked, um, like you're just seeing the light, but didn't have like a soft fade to it. Um, that's a small detail. It's it's interesting when you're saying it's um, it's Armored Core better looking. Um, Armored Core went from being like on PlayStation, looking like a PlayStation game, and then from Armored Core two up until all the variants uh, up until around three and you know past uh, had this slow progression of of the game slowly changing visually, like yeah. graphically, but. Uh, Armor Core 4 was like this pretty big jump. Oh, I remember, yeah. Um, they made a huge deal about like um you know the differences between consoles and stuff like that too. Yeah, the so. well the lighting but also like the the scale of of enemy types and stuff like that. It was where there was like a a bigger jump in some ways. That was exciting and that's why 5 felt like such a uh, they were trying to jump into trying to make like a multiplayer game, which I would have loved if they would have executed it well enough. But first off, like nobody was playing it, which kind of sucked. It's hard to get into games when I played it. But um, also it like looked worse because I assume because it was multiplayer, they had to like cut back on graphics. But um, um, also like the design of everything looked different. The mechs looked different. They looked like more compact and like less like what armor core looks like. And the world was like really boring and muted looking. So that's the last thing I remember when it comes to the series jump forward. And not only are we seeing like just an upgrade in graphics from what I would hope would be an extension of uh, four, but like we're seeing a whole new from software that's trying to, um, touch on what they made back in the day, but bringing so many years of experience with them now that like we're getting like animations I would never expect from an armored core, uh, graphics that are definitely better, but also like environments that are uh, um, detailed better, um, just all these little details that that I just would not expect. And then the bosses, um, you know, I know people are really weird on this. Either they're hoping this is going to be like a Dark Souls game or they don't even want to hear anything about Dark Souls with this game because they're, you know, like, well, I, I love Armored Core. It's not Dark Souls. Yeah, me too. But it's almost impossible not to notice that uh, the boss is now having tells and uh, crazy attacks that they really didn't have back in older armor cores. I mean, I remember fighting other mechs in older armor cores, and there's like either zipping around the air, shooting at you, and shooting missiles, stuff like that, and you're just dodging or whatever, right. or they're driving around the ground, shooting missiles at you, or unloading at you, or whatever, and it was fun and awesome. But in this, these bosses are like, that guy's like swinging fire at you and shooting like bullet hell. Uh, missiles at you while doing all these weird maneuvers and stuff, and like There's that like helicopter two, three attacks at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's like everything 
feels and looks like Armored Core, but you can see that that Dark Souls pedigree, specifically in those moments in boss battles, uh, boss fights, they are they're bringing that over. They're not bringing Dark Souls over or, or Demon Souls or Elden Ring or whatever. No, but that experience is but, definitely carrying over. But they're not letting go of that moment you get in a room and you're fighting a boss and it's like a fucking event. Um, and so um, it does seem like these boss battles in this are going to feel more like events than they did in the past. Um, the last time it really kind of felt like that was uh, in Armored Core 4. Um, but those are like set pieces and this like it seems like every it's like when you talk to somebody about like Bloodborne and they're like, oh, this is like my favorite boss fight in that game. They're going to have the same conversations like that in this. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, that dude like did all these crazy things like that fight was crazy or the music that starts up like that has a similar vibe. Also, it has a lock on system that's kind of similar. But at the same time, I think it's actually a really interesting hybrid evolution of what we got with uh, the past um armored cores and uh and uh that slight influence of of what they've been doing because like the hud here looks like armored core that reminds me of armored core uh five which that guy in that video said it it, same thing with him but now i'm seeing in action and i actually kind of love it it's it's a really good evolution because I thought it was way too busy in five. The mm-hmm. the UI was way too fucking busy. I hated it. And they had that circle, but it was huge back then. And this is like dynamic and moving when you lock onto things and when you don't. And it's further out. So like it just it they've learned a lot of lessons since five. And uh it seems like they're really carrying over a lot of just the best things they've learned. They're a much more competent and, and confident uh dev now um not that they weren't back then but they've just they've proven themselves at this point with all the games yeah exactly so um it seems like a lot of things are planned out better in this and i have like a lot of confidence going into this game without even touching it whereas i remember when five was coming out i was like oh multiplayer that'll be cool like doing co-op missions stuff like that but i looked down like this doesn't look like armored core though like what is this um and i played i was like ah fuck dude I'm, i'm not really into this but you know this is this is looking like it looks traditional enough for me to be like, yeah, that's Armored Core for sure. But it's got all these little tweaks to it that I'm like, that's Armored Core in 2023. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I'm uh, I'm just really excited to try this out. Uh, I want to, and the game's gonna come out soon, so it's like hey, I don't want to see anything else. I guess I don't really need to, but. I'd like to see more varied mechs in combat in these previews uh, moving forward because in the last one we saw a super mobile one and then a one one that's similar to this one, kind of a default standard mech. And uh, in this we got that as well. This one's pretty mobile, but it has, it has like you know the medium-sized legs and stuff like that. Um, and it'd be really cool to see spider legs in combat or the tank tread. Um, we saw little glimpses of it in trailers, I know, but we haven't seen like a gameplay preview of those really in action. And I'd like to see how they work because um, anybody who's played Armored Corps before uh, knows that there's a pretty big difference between being bipedal and having tank tread. Um, they feel pretty different in their gameplay styles. And so I'd like to see how that translates into this new potentially more challenging and, and uh, more dynamic boss battle styled armored core. Like I, I'm really curious to see how it, it works, whether you'll be able to take on these bosses in like whole new ways, or if it might be better or worse just to play one way or another. I'd love to see people be able to play it any way they want. And 
the game allows for different ways of playing. But I would hate to, you know, there, there's just like one build that's going to be the best. Like, of course, there will be a meta at some point, but I don't want to rely on like, oh, this boss is too hard. I better just hop over to the one that works the best. So if that makes sense. So, but yeah, really, really happy with what I'm seeing. And I think now seeing the HUD uh, in action and uh, that moving center uh, lock on thing, uh, I think is very smart in its design and uh, looks really cool. And also helps you really keep track of where the dude's at. Because I remember back in the day, you like really lose them if they're like taken off. So, um, yeah, very cool. Anything else to say? Uh... I can't really think of anything now. Excited? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, uh, call it now. I feel like, well, the, that's hard, though, because there's other games that I feel like would be there. But I feel like this, this could be in my top three for sure this year. But we'll see. Because Alan Wake and Stalker 2 and Remnant 2 and Final Fantasy 16. There's a lot of good games this year. Uh, so let us know in the comments what you guys think of Armored Core 6. Fires a Rubicon gameplay preview. What stood out to you? What are your thoughts uh, on what you saw? Uh, what are something, some things you'd like to see that they haven't shown yet? And uh, are you sold on this? Are you a little apprehensive? Maybe you played them in the past and you're like, this isn't quite what I was looking for. Or uh, maybe it's exactly what you're looking for. Or maybe you're new to the series and this might be really exciting for you to finally dive into. Or maybe you're like, eh, what's the big deal? Um, and yeah, what kind of mech would you like to build? Uh, and uh, we think about the boss battles. We think about the the UI now that we're seeing at the HUD. Um, and yeah, let me know everything you're thinking about in the comments below. When it comes to Armored Core 6 coming out so soon. Next month. Can't wait. Next month, right? August. Um, all right. It's the time again where we uh, reflect on past episodes and read your comments. If you want your comment to be read for sure, make sure to type in hashtag STLG. Otherwise, I read at random. And uh, yeah, last episode was a taste cast. That was 190, where we reacted to uh, ID at Xbox Showcase, uh, Helldivers 2, Payday 3, and Jujutsu Kaisen Cursed Clash. Quick shout out. We are currently reviewing uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. Over on Tasty Flex, link down below if you'd like to see our anime reviews and sometimes movie reviews. We're doing that over there. That is currently the one obligatory show we are watching. I think we're three episodes into it, and we've been doing episodic reviews. We just did episode three. A lot of shit happened there, so if you're watching that show, go check it out. All right, so let's read some comments here. First one we got, let's see, is from Challenger Games, who replied to us. Really weird that they found this video that only has 94 views um found the part that we talked about their game and responded to us so challenger games says thanks for your reaction towards our game second wave we hope you'll give it a try when it's out this video shows our game with uh, nine to ten months of development as for the gotcha we do not have any heroes in gotcha and our shop is purely cosmetic and you're the one who brought the gotcha aspect of it because it reminded you of something, or I don't even think I called it a gotcha. I said, it, I, I mean, I, I don't remember. This was like two weeks ago at this point, but um, yeah, I think I said it, it, it seemed like a gotcha, but I don't think I outright called it one. Yeah, I, I don't remember either. It's been a little bit, but I thought you uh, assumed it was some other game that uh, was like a gotcha type game at first, oh, possibly from mobile or something like that, but. Um, it's cool to hear from um, 
the dev who's working on it. I'm glad you guys were able to find our video and kind of give us some info on it. It makes me, uh, it's funny when a dev says something to us, it makes me want to try their game just because they, they reached out and said something. Um, so I barely remember the game. I remember it's like a third person. I think I was calling it like uh, Overwatch or something. Uh, third person shooter, I think it was. But uh, but yeah, I vaguely remember it. And it's interesting that it's not uh, a gotcha game, but uh, the shop is purely cosmetic. So yeah, thanks for uh, clearing that up. And uh, I'll have to keep an eye on that game as it gets closer to coming out. Unless it's out. I don't know. I'm not sure. Thank you for the comment. Uh, Psycho Scream says... Fuck yeah, Hell Divers and Payday. We are on the same page, my friend. Fucking so excited for Hell Divers 2 and Payday 3. They're both looking awesome. Um, hoping they can nail Payday 3, Hell Divers 2. I think they are going to nail. It looks really good. Um, anything to respond to that? No. I mean, it's just kind of a statement. So Yeah. Uh, thank you for the comment. Next, we got the Josh1578. Isn't that... The numbers at the end, isn't that because they do the ad thing now? Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think he, he <laughs> named himself that. I don't think he locked in his username. So Yeah. Uh, Josh says, the Skyscraper mobile game is Tiny Tower. Played that shit for days. Yeah, uh, you were talking about a game you were playing at the last Tasty Cast that was a, a game you were funded, I believe, but uh, you make ta- or like a tower and floors and you kind of like build out and micromanage. And I brought up that I played a game way back in the day on like uh, iPhone 3 or something. And mm. Josh was able to remember exactly what I was talking about. But uh, that's not a surprise because Josh was really good about recalling shit like that. So I'm glad he was able to remember because I would have never remembered that name. So thank you. Uh, we got a comment from, what is that, Kita 1866? Um, in, uh, I believe it's Ukrainian when I translated it. And it says... Uh, well it's like well done class good job and so uh i I told them thank you so uh i'm glad you uh enjoyed what we did in that episode uh we got another comment from devin walters saying nice shave man it actually made you look younger the secret behind my beard is it covers that i have a baby face and so, uh, yeah, anytime I shave, it like shaves off some years. I'm sure if Chevy shaved, he would also cut off some years from, uh, from his face as well. Beards definitely have a, a way of making you look older, but, uh, thank you. And, uh, yeah, it feels weird. still feels weird. Um, and when we filmed this, I had just shaved it like a day before and like, because I hadn't shaved since 2020, uh, my skin was so irritated mm. just from like the, the difference in weight possibly like my skin was like itchy and it was really fucking weird. Um, so yeah, but we're over that. So, uh, thank you for the comment. And then the last one we got from psycho scream again saying also about time you got a shave, you guys got a shave and a cut. Uh, well I have up in here a shitload of hair, so I didn't get a cut. Um, you have plenty of hair. You didn't shave at all. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, we both got long hair, and uh, I shaved though. So uh, yeah, I got like about time. <laughs> like fucking, you just been waiting for us to do that. Um, yeah. So thank you for the comments, everybody, and uh, thank you for watching that episode. And yeah, I think that's everything. Got anything else you want to say before we close it out? 
All right. Well, thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Chevy, for joining me for this episode. It was a real quick and fun one, and uh, we'll roll the outro. All right. Let's go do it for this episode of TasteCast, episode 191. As always, thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to check out our other episodes. Check us out on our socials and streams. Links down below. Check out our Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and the podcast platforms. If you prefer to listen to us in audio form, we have a Patreon. If you'd like to support the channel more than liking, commenting, sharing, and subscribing if you're brand new. And I have a TikTok link down below you can watch my shorts there since i can't upload them here for some reason youtube hates me i don't know but uh yeah if you liked the intro the shorts that i did there that's over on my tiktok and uh i like to cover uh things that are happening right now there and have the short conversations there have the long conversations here so uh check that out and uh yeah i've been seth until next episode have a good one guys and take it easy